You're listening to the Audacity to be Ambitious podcast, and this is episode number eight, What Ready Feels Like. Warning, rant ahead. Hey guys, and welcome back. Um, As you may have heard, this is going to be like a little bit of a rant, and it's about what ready feels like. Now, this message may just absolutely hit you to your core. It may be the message that your friend needs to hear, but I can tell you right now, this message is for me. (laughs) It's also for like my past self and my future self. Because if you've learned anything about me at this point, it's that I'm dead set on creating a legacy for myself. And it's not just a business that I'm trying to grow or profits or trying to make money for my family. It's about freedom. It's about just the point of being able to do whatever the hell that I want. And it's also about just like full body optimization. For anyone who who's followed this journey, it's not just about my success path. It's about my health success path as well. I have lost a ton of weight, but I'm at that point where it's like I was getting comfortable. I was getting a little bit cocky and, and I, I knew I was getting closer to that point where I was going to start um, the, strength cha- uh, the, the strength training of my journey. And I, I've just been putting it off and putting it off and putting it off. And I'm realizing that, hey, I think I might be a little bit scared. So I'm sitting here and I'm thinking, you know, when am I going to be ready to start this journey? And I couldn't help but think that the same message that I needed for myself is probably one that you guys need too. Now, luckily, I'm doing the 20 podcast episodes in 20 days challenge. This is not some viral thing. I literally just made it up for myself to get the hell over my perfectionism and get my podcast going. Um, But it's also because I always have a message to tell. The whole reason of me having a legacy and building that, the point of it is to get my message out, which is to start doing the thing that's going to create yours, that's going to give you fulfillment and make sure that you're living life on purpose and with passion, whatever that is. So this is my point here is we all have something that we want to do and maybe we're putting it off. Most of the time we are. Um, And what is the most common thing that you hear people say? Oh, I'm not ready for that yet. There's a hardcore rabbit ears air quote that I'm giving you. I know you guys can't see me, but it's happening. Um, I always think of Rachel Hollis whenever I do that because she always says that. But um, anyway, anyway, I digress. People are always waiting for that moment that they're going to be ready to do the scary thing, the hard thing, the different thing, the next thing, the strange thing, the brave thing, right? All the things. People are always waiting to do it. It could be starting a diet, starting a workout plan, even even going to the doctor, right? Because they feel like something's wrong and they're just not ready 
to hear what the doctor is gonna have to say. My mom did my mom did that, you know, they found out that she had lumps in her in her lungs and I literally I had to like it was like three months later, I was like, Do you are you just done? You know, I get it if you are, but you just you you aren't going to the doctor to get answers. And obviously I was doing that because I was scared, but people do that from the smallest of situations to the biggest. And now on my journey, if I had a message to send out right now, today this has hit me and I feel like it's gonna hit you the right way as well. And that is, you know, what ready feels like. That's the name of this episode. I'm here to tell you that ready feels like not being ready. Do you hear me? Do you feel me on that? Do you get it? Do you get what I'm saying? Ready feels like not being ready. You you will never feel ready. You know, sometimes you can get momentum and you can be excited and you can be like, oh, you know, like, I'm ready to do that. I'm ready to do the thing. And I'm talking about hard things here. Like, we can all be ready to relax and like sit in a hot tub with a glass of wine, right? But I'm talking about doing the hard things. We're never ready for it. We have to create an environment where we trick ourselves into thinking that we're ready. And so what the favor that I want to do for you is to tell you that ready feels like not being ready. If you get used to the idea of discomfort, fear, a little bit of doubt, hesitation, I want you to start associating that with doing the thing, whatever the thing is. Maybe you're not ready to leave a toxic relationship. Maybe you're not ready to, you know, put the healthy food in your body or go on the grocery store trip with all the produce you're going to have to get for eating healthy. I'm just not ready to do that. Yeah, you are. You just have to choose to do it and take massive, determined action. So listen, I'm going to give you an example, right? Because that's what I do. I was 12 years old, uh, going on 13, when my mom was diagnosed with cancer for the first time. Now we were already poor, never lived in a house longer than a year, moved from state to state, city to city, town to town, whatever. And I knew that, you know, there wasn't much in the cards for me. Honestly, I was just always in a state of survival. That was normal for me. But when that time came, and I didn't know where my mom would, where her place would be in my future. I didn't know what was next. And when that day came that a woman in a grocery store approached me and asked me if I wanted to do the local beauty pageant. You guys, I was like the biggest tomboy you can possibly imagine. I wore bib overalls from Orschlands. Do you guys even know what Orschlands is? It's the local feed store. That that's like that's what I wore. And like I don't know, like my brother's leftover shirts and like maybe my sister's shoes. I just I just strung whatever I could together. 
and I played outside in the woods all day. But reality had hit at this point. And um, this lady asked me this and I said, what is it in the first place? Because I had no idea. And she explained to me that if I, you know, if I had a talent and if I had an interview and if I had things that I wanted to do for my community that I could go compete with some other girls in the town and whoever win would get money for school. And that last part is what stood out to me. I'm like, don't have a talent, never been trained formally in anything in my whole life, but yeah, I'll go ahead and sing because what 12 year old girl doesn't. (laughs) I'll borrow a dress from one of my friends and you're telling me I can win money for school and then I don't even actually have to spend it on school. I can cash the bond out at the bank and use that money to like get food for myself. That's the state of survival that I was in. So I went and I did it. I knew I wasn't ready. And I'll bring you to the point that I was on that stage as a little girl that summer and I was singing the national anthem, acapella, not realizing that that's like one of the, the biggest like singing jujus in the world is, you know, even Mariah Carey gets judged hardcore whenever she sings the national anthem acapella, let alone a 12 year old girl on a stage in the dark. <laughs> but it was the only song I knew and I'd never had any formal training, so why not? I didn't go out there and look at all the other girls and say, oh, they have better hair than me and they have better dresses than me and they have better polished, more polished talents than me. I knew I wasn't ready. But I stood there and I stared out at the dark and I sang anyway. And you guys, I'd love to tell you that that first time I blew everyone away and people were crying and it was like a standing ovation and I won the crown, but I didn't. I stopped in the middle of that song because I forgot the words. <laughs> like I freaked out. You could literally hear the whispers and like everybody talking to each other because like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, I forgot the words. What are we going to do? But I literally picked right back up in the middle of that song and I finished it. And then I watched one of my friends get crowned and I went and played at the fair afterwards. That's what it was to me. I wasn't ready that first time and I didn't win, but it's okay because I just went out and I did it anyway. I chose to take massive determined action, even though I didn't know how to do it and I didn't have the resources and I didn't have all the help in the world. I just tried. But you know what that got me? I started a 10 year long, 10 plus honestly, it was over a decade. Um, I honestly like really forget (laughs) on how many actual years it was, but I started a whole career in pageantry, constantly stepping on stage time and time again, always as the underdog. I I never had the most expensive gown. I never had the most polished talent, but I always had passion and I was always willing to put myself out there and try. Every single time, now this is gonna come full circle, I promise you stick with me here. Every single time I was backstage and the girl who would go ahead of me would just kill it. You know, whether it was swimsuit or in a gown that was like $5,000 and mine was like 20, (laughs) like $20, like 20 bucks. Um, (laughs) I would sit there behind the stage and say, okay, like she went, She's off the stage. It's my turn now. 
and most of the time some sort of like stagehand or like pageant director or producer would come up and they'd push me out. It's your turn. You, you gotta fly or fall. And this was 10, well, over a decade of this, of somebody saying, you're on. It's time for you to show up and stand out or not. A lot of the times I didn't, but sometimes I did. And I can tell you right now, the times that I walked away with the crown and the bouquet of flowers and everything, the real celebration of it all was not that I had something shiny on my head. The real celebration of it all for me was always that I put myself out there and I did it. I did it. I did the thing anyway. Not only did I come from that childhood, you know, but now taking it to a different platform with pageants. I built up the most resilience that a girl could. Constantly being held back, constantly feeling like I wasn't good enough, constantly feeling like I wasn't ready, but I did it anyway. I always did it anyway, and sometimes I went first. This led to a lifestyle of just trying things first. Even in high school, they'd ask, you know, does anybody want to come up in front of the school and be like a volunteer for this, you know, speaker who came to speak to the students and use one of you as an example? I'd throw my hand up. Same thing at pageants. Same thing when it came to Miss Missouri during the rehearsals and they're like, anybody want to come up here and try this first and give everybody an example? Yep, you got it. I'm there. Now you may seem, you may feel like, Oh, you know, like this girl did pageants, they're not very important and um, only, only not very smart, superficial girls do that. But I had a motive in everything that I did. And no matter what you choose to do on this earth, you get to decide the lesson that you pull from it. And I'm here to tell you that I pulled a powerful one from every single thing that I did. I was in Arizona, literally meeting and working with Dean Graciosi, somebody who had become my mentor, who, who played a pivotal role in who I would become, what I would do, and why I thought I could do it. And now I was working with him? And I was being trained by the best speaker trainers in the world because of Dean. He had, the, he had Pete Vargas and Pat Quinn come from Advance Your Reach and give us all tools and tips and give us examples and and you bet your ass one of those days when they said who wants to go first that I rose my hand and before anybody put myself on the line put my reputation on the line and I went up there and did I did I kill it did I kill my example like blow everyone's minds because it was so great no I went up there and I gave an example of one of my talks and because I went first, we didn't have a timer. And in two minutes, I talked about the moment where I was in my mom's room when, when she passed away and I couldn't say bye to her body because I was a stay at home mom. And so it was two o'clock in the morning and I had my kids in a double stroller and I was trying to put videos on for them. And I couldn't even turn around to say goodbye to my mom's body because that was my life. Then I spent 
two minutes jamming that out. And then I cut myself off because I didn't want to go over time. But I honestly had more than two minutes, but because we didn't have a, um, a stopwatch on or anything, I just guessed. Did I do the best and did I deliver like I needed to? No. But you know what I did do? I went first. I obviously wasn't ready, but I stood out and I got commended for having the bravery, the courage to go first. But not only that, the people who were flown from somewhere across the world and mostly in the US, they got to learn from my mistakes. That's a privilege for me. My lesson is to help people become better, right? To create their legacy. No matter the spotlight I'm in, my first priority is making sure that other people benefit from the path that I'm taking. So that's what I'm here to tell you. I have several instances where <laughs> I was freaking scared, out of my mind, confused, but I did it anyway. You're never going to be ready, air quote. Even when my husband deployed, we knew it was coming and they, you know, they give us, I mean, honestly, this is just bullshit resources to get ready for a deployment. There's nothing that's going to get you ready for a deployment except for going through one. But getting ready for my husband's deployment, and I was pregnant with our first child, knowing that he was, honestly, we were naive and we thought he was going to come home for the birth, but they didn't let him. Anyway. And up until that day where the ship took him away, I didn't know how I was going to do it. I didn't wake up that morning and say, I'm ready now. You see, for me, life keeps serving up dishes of lemons. And it shoves them down my throat repeatedly. And I wish I could tell you that, you know, oh, you know, when I was ready, I took those lemons and I made them into lemonade. No. <laughs> I practically choked on them all the way down, okay? Um, I'm like a super, I'm soul deep in that metaphor right now. But listen, the things that you could be facing could be just as scary as these things that I'm talking about. They could be not as scary. You know, maybe it's just a diet. But... I mean, and honestly, maybe a diet is a big deal for you. It's like part of your tradition and your family to eat a certain way and to do all these things. And it's going to be like an abomination for you to do something different. You're going to stand out and people are going to wonder what you're doing. And people are going to put you under pressure and wait for you to fail. And you may be hiding behind the fact that, or hiding behind the idea that going grocery shopping for produce is hard and you're not ready for it. But really... What you're not ready for is all the judgment and the possibility of failing. And that's what makes it so hard. But my friend, that is why you have to do it. You will never feel ready. And the feeling of failure will never go away. The beauty and the strength come from doing it anyway. If you don't know this, my favorite quote by Harper Lee is, she was powerful, not because she wasn't scared, but because she went on so strongly despite the fear. 
Some people call that courage. But right now, I'm telling you, that's what ready feels like. It takes courage and you're scared and it's uneasy and you don't know what's on the other side of this. You don't. Maybe you're filling out an application for a new job or you're going to ask for a raise. Maybe you're afraid you're going to get fired for it. They're going to start looking for cheaper work <laughs> and, and let you go because you think you're too valuable. But that's good. For whatever reason you're changing, whether it's a job, your diet, your family, whatever, your, your relationships, it's because you are worth it and you're realizing that value and a part of you wants to work towards it. But there's a part of you that is a little bit comfortable and doesn't want to try the new thing. But greatness is on the other side of that. Greatness is on the other side of your discomfort. I promise you. I'm talking to you as my future self. The woman that I didn't think that I would become, let alone in a year. And I'm still becoming her, you guys. Who are you becoming? You think that you're waiting to be ready to do the next great thing. But what ready feels like is the feeling you have right now. Do the thing anyway, my friends. I wish you all the best. And as you take this message and move on with your life, I hope you use it to take action. I believe in you. I do. This is an invitation for you now to believe in yourself. And on that note, thank you guys so much for sticking through my rant. I truly hope you learned something from it. I hope that you take massive and determined action now. So like I said, on that note, I'll see you guys on the other side in the next episode. And until then, I will talk to you later. Bye.